We are van lifers. We're traveling in our van. We have two dogs we're raising at a time, and they are street dogs. Try to find the book that covers these kinds of situations. Hi guys, this is Fabi and Jana from Ride on the Wild Side again. We're continuing with our van life realities show today and the subject of this episode will be that life with puppies on the road is a piece of cake. Or not. Or not. Let's see. So today we are recording this episode from La Ticla. In Michoacán, we're still in Mexico, we're still at the coast. We've had quite a beautiful day. We've gone for walks with the puppies a couple of times. And now we want to tell you guys a little bit about what life on the road with two little pups is like. On Instagram, you quite often see these beautiful pictures. Like, everything is always perfectly, like, the dogs, the... I don't know, men's best friend and they sit in a van and they cuddle and they have all these really great moments um, and we're obviously not saying that these don't exist but it's not always easy it's not always easy so Fabi, how has your day been so far in terms of puppy watch? um busy <laughs> Uh, I mean, you've been away for a bit working, so I always kept an eye on them because we have we have neighbors, for example, they have a puppy too, it's the same age as our dogs, and uh, he's without a leash and he just sticks around the camp and never wanders off, doesn't eat anything. Our dogs are very different. Maybe we should give a little overview on who our dogs are first, actually, because most people tell the story don't know of that. you should do. Lola and Pablo. Right. So, Lola is our true love child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when we started traveling, we actually kind of knew that we wanted to have a dog when we're traveling, and um, after a few months. Uh, when we arrived in Mexico, we thought we'd be ready for it. We always wanted to rescue a dog, um, maybe just take in a street dog. Um, but then we came across an organization near Todos Santos in Baja, California. And um, they actually, it's a, it's a dog shelter, and um, they always have puppies that need new homes. They're called Dog Prana, by the way. We can link their contacts in the bottom of the of the podcast. They are pretty amazing people. Yeah. They're doing a fantastic job. And, um, well, they presented us the, the puppies that need new homes at, at that moment. And, um, well, we kind of immediately fell in love with Lola. Lola, the tiny... Back then, two months old, um, tiger-striped puppy, bit of pit bull in her. But back then, we thought maybe some boxer. We didn't really know. Nobody we knew. We still don't really we know. We still don't really know. But she was 
such a strong personality, really, really cheeky. We thought she'd be the best travel dog ever, and she was so super cute. So we took her in and um, continued traveling for a bit. And let's just say she is cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> she is a whirlwind, yeah. definitely. She was very like attention-seeking and with other dogs playing like very intense she was never scared of any other dog or anything she yeah. just wanted to play with a great dane and <laughs> and we just thought of uh, thought that this would be a great dog on the road because we didn't want to have a puppy that was super scared and super timid because we thought we're gonna throw this little fluff ball in so many new situations if they don't have a little bit of confidence, it's going to be really hard on them to be constantly on the move. Right. But we also realized quickly after a few weeks that it was really difficult for us to keep up with her. She was just so much energy. And you actually said it like earlier, even before we, we got the first dog, that two dogs are better than one dog because they'd always have each other and um, they'd be less bored and it's just good for their social life and that one night we were in Toto Santos again near Toto Santos again where we actually also got Lola when Pablo walked into our campground and Pablo and Lola started playing and they had a really really great time and he was super cute and super nice with us and he was like sort of the opposite he was like very shy with humans very submissive and we were just like oh you know he's one of these street puppies and they're gonna play for a bit and then he's gone again it's not that it didn't happen before like lola had at that point already played with quite a few street dogs and they always got on well and had a great time and after a while she just got too much for them and then they yeah. <laughs> the, I think the difference was that somehow the, the chemistry seemed to be very good with them because she respected him very quickly. She There was that moment when she brought him a bone and dropped it off in front of him and a bone back then that was something she would never ever let go of. and. I don't know, somehow she seemed to look up to him and we're like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting. Well, long story short, he stuck around. Um, for days. Him. Yeah, <laughs> he just wouldn't leave. It was actually super cute. Like, he was there during the day and obviously, I mean, he was a street dog, so he was very hungry and thirsty and we had puppy food anyway, so we just gave him some food. And... At night, he would just crawl underneath our van and stay there. And the next morning, we woke up, and the first thing we saw was, like, that little cute dog waiting for us outside, being super happy that everybody got up. Well, <laughs> that was about two days. And then we were like, yeah, maybe we should take him to the vet and see if he's actually all right. And we took him to the vet and we started because we were a little bit inland at the time. So we always had to drive to the beach to, to walk the dog, like to walk Lola properly. So we were like, ah, oh, we're just going to take him with us and see what happens. Well, we did. And it was crazy because he 
he just listened to us so much better than Lola. Like, he could, like, basically follow, like, basic commands, like, sit, and from right from the start he was really good walking at leash like Lola was pulling all the time and he was just like happily walking next to you so we was just sort of like oh this is so great Lola has a little companion yeah so we thought okay this is gonna be two dogs in the van it might be more work but then again it's kind of less work too because um, they can spend time with each other. It's sort of what thing. you say with kids as well, isn't it? I mean, dogs have a certain way of playing. Obviously, they also love to interact with humans, but it's still very different than interaction between dogs. Yeah, so humans make pretty poor dogs from a dog point of view. So. Which I'm pretty happy about, but. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that was like after that vet appointment, um, the like the point where we made the decision that we're gonna have the two dogs. We're gonna we're gonna just do it, and it meant like a tremendous change to to our travel life. Having a dog in general, like not just the two dogs, but like yeah, a dog anyway. So, what do you think has changed most? Well, basically, well, we had a pretty loose schedule before, like the the way we planned our days, that was a bit like, whatever happens, we don't really make big plans or yeah, want to sleep. Yeah, we didn't really have anybody to take care of. Yeah, we didn't we have any... we can take care of ourselves most of the time. Yeah, we didn't have any responsibilities at all. And, um, well, the, the biggest difference to me is what we kind of have now is that we have a pretty fixed schedule throughout the day. So what does a typical day look like for us at the moment? Maybe that's quite interesting to tell, to sort of see how much work... I mean, they're puppies, obviously. Puppies need a lot more attention than adult dogs, but it really dictates our day a little bit so it took us um a few weeks to to get to this stage but um right now um our alarm goes off at seven in the morning um and i'm still crying every morning (laughs) (laughs) a little bit very quietly not Uh, so quietly actually (laughs) And um, when the alarm goes off, that is usually before the dogs wake up. So we are awake before the dogs are awake. So we want to be in control of the entire wake-up situation. Um, We're going to have maybe a few minutes of quiet time for ourselves. And um, then we go walking the dogs hopefully at the beach usually yeah because we spend most of our time at the beach we're usually at the beach which is nice because the dogs can roam there and they've got lots of stuff to sniff and eat (laughs) (laughs) which is quite unfortunate but um yeah i'm sure we're gonna cover that later then once we get back um we're gonna feed the dogs for the first time 
Um, then we gonna have some quiet time, some some time for us, some time where the dogs need to be in their own place. Um, so we actually get a few things done, clean the van, tidy everything up, um, maybe have a little workout or something or get some work done already. And uh, that continues till... 130? Yeah, like, well... Pretty much? Yeah, like something like that. I mean, we obviously don't live by the clock, but we do want to... We are trying to give them some, like, fixed time so that they can get used to it, that they know when they have food and when they walk, that, you know... The dogs need a routine more than we do. At least that's what we think. Absolutely. So, then we'll have a little training session with the dogs where we teach commandos and have a bit of playtime uh, where we just play with the dogs, just have some fun. And then we're going to finish that with a lunch, dog lunch. Dog lunch, yay! Yeah, the thing is, at the beginning, we, we, we didn't really plan it out like that like in my idea was that if i have a dog traveling the dog can basically roam around all day and just you know they just stick to us because we rescued them and they would never leave our sight well turns out that is not exactly the case and for quite a while it was basically us chasing our one or two puppies all day long because the thing is big difference between having a dog in a van and having a dog in a house is you obviously don't leave the dog in the van because you are outside most of the day so they can basically go anywhere they want if you live in a house most of the day is actually spent within some sort of walls or a fence if you have a garden and you can just let the dogs run around because you know they can't really leave in a van as soon as you're outside basically means that the dog can run away and that means that they do our dogs at least well our dogs do yeah so it like i really didn't want to have a dog on a leash but the thing is that in the first weeks we had them and we tried to just let them roam all the time they were just getting into like dangerous situations like because they were running around where there's cars or where there's other dogs that might not always be friendly or they were at the beach and then they were eating like rotten fish or dead whatever just stuff they shouldn't be eating and because they're puppies they don't know that yet that's right I just want to, that's, that's, and that's like the, that's how we got to the way we are actually spending our days now. So I just want to finish up the routine real quick. Sorry for interrupting. Ah, uh, we got sidetracked. That's okay. But I'm gonna, I totally gonna get back to that. So after dog lunch, there's some quiet time <laughs> for the dogs. 
And we really need to get a few things done because we're not on a constant vacation. We gotta work, we gotta take care of things. And then towards the evening, we're gonna go again on a big walk, um, take them out for a while, let them play with the other dogs. There's always other dogs around here in Mexico. Yeah, always. It's crazy. Like five, six, seven, ten dogs happens all the time. And um, well, then they're gonna get dinner and then by the time it's getting dark they actually are really tired and they just fall asleep and we have some dinner for ourselves then we have a two hour peace and quiet time before we actually have to go to bed as well because we do have to get up early again the thing is i mean why do we get up so early why do we structure it so much it's just so warm where we are that we realize that if you don't get up at seven when the sun's still not up and you walk the dogs like before it gets really warm, they, they're just not really active anymore. Like they don't even want to walk on the beach because it's too hot and they don't like being in the sun. So for us, starting the day early was something really important. And then on the other hand as well, you can't really walk the dogs when it's already dark because you just don't see them. You just don't see where they're walking. And that's why we started to structure our days a little bit more around a time frame to make sure that we could actually walk them like for an hour twice a day. And we would walk them... Um, during lunch or before lunch as well but it's just not possible because they're not going anywhere you don't see any dogs in the middle of the day yeah they're all Nowhere. hiding in the shade yeah they are all having their siesta a very long siesta <laughs> so dog life we had that kind of romantic vision with <laughs> the dogs like they'd be a kind of free spirits like us um we'd never put them on a leash um they could pretty much do whatever they wanted and they'd love us because th we take care of them so much and we love them so much but um then well reality struck i guess so they got into dangerous situations they are street dogs, they used to live in the streets, they used to eat anything they found in the streets, so they still have that in them. So what happened was uh, that we didn't see that they ate something on the beach and um, Pablo got sick, really sick. He was still sick anyways, because when we found him he had uh, like a couple of diseases which are pretty common for Mexican street dogs and um, but they need to be treated and ever since he's been with us he's been on antibiotics anyway right and then he got sick and then we had to give him more antibiotics and then we were just like okay this is not working because and also the vet said this is just not working the way you imagine it you have to um, keep them inside they cannot eat anything on the beach from from doesn't matter if it's on the beach or anywhere else they just can't and then they got to be learned to be polite and respectful dogs so they started raiding other camps like our neighbors uh, camps and went into tents and um, we're just like little pain in the ass for, <laughs> yeah. for everyone and we're just like always running around like sorry sorry 
Sorry, they're only puppies, but... And it became a bit sad for them as well because they weren't entirely sure about, like, they weren't sure at all about the rules um, they had to follow. So we had to make a decision and um, put up a, a schedule and we're... And some ground rules. Ground rules and establish a routine, actually, um, that gives them kind of the framework that they learn what they can do and what they can't do and when playtime is and where they can play and these kinds of things. And, um, well, we did what probably every, like most dog owners would do. We, we bought a couple of books, read them, and um, we realized that we actually had a problem. We are van lifers, we're traveling in our van, we have two dogs we're raising at a time, and they are street dogs try to find the book that covers these kinds of situations. Yeah, that was really why I didn't find... I mean, every book we read and we've... We've read to... Like, we've read into, not fully read, but read into three different books now. It's always the situation that you have a house and you have a dog and every training you do with a dog should start in a safe environment, your living room where you can teach them how to sit, how to, I don't know, stay, how everything, like training on a leash. We don't really have that opportunity. We can't, <laughs> we can't start like leash training in our van because we can hardly move around each other here. So basically everything we have to teach them starts in an advanced situation already, which is hard for us, but also hard for the dogs. And... I wish there was a book out there which would just tell us, you know, if you have a dog in a van, that's how you have to do it. But maybe we're going to have to read that book once they're fully grown and we actually manage to turn them into these nice and polite little puppies that we imagine them to be. Yeah, we're learning that for ourselves. Like, like the, the major problem is that the dogs are super distracted all the time they're distracted by anything like that there is a leaf flying by <laughs> and they just want to catch the leaf uh, or there's another street dog coming by or the neighbors the walking smells. past all the smells then um, we are not constantly in the same environment then the environment changes all the time um, they got to get used to that everything's so super interesting to them yeah. And I mean, I think we're giving them a life that is awesome for dogs because they get to see new places and meet new people and meet new dogs on a regular basis. But it's also a lot more stress and a lot more intake that your usual puppy would have. Um, so it's great, but it's also also the biggest challenge. I mean, at that point, it uh, might be important to mention that for you, it's not the first time that you're a dog owner. You had a dog before that was a very different dog. That was a very different experience. Very yeah, I mean, that, that, that was a quite... Well, it was a couple of things. The, the dog's character was very different. He was 
a lot more quiet and he was one of these dogs that would like stick with you most of the time he didn't have any hunting genes so he didn't really go after anything and also it was the safe house environment that you have when you usually have dogs so that was for me I was like yeah I can handle a dog that's super easy I did it before and I think I did quite a good job or like together with my family obviously back back then but these two and this situation is just so different that well I mean there were definitely days where I said like I don't know if we made the right decision this is so much work and there were days where we felt like we didn't really do anything else but tell the dogs what they shouldn't do so we didn't really have a great time they probably didn't really have a great time because we didn't let them eat the dead fish and jump into the dirty river and I don't know what else we didn't let them do yeah that was that was definitely tough on us yeah for me someone who never owned a dog I was I was never even interested in dogs <laughs> it started only with traveling it was probably my fault I probably put that idea in your head and then you were like yeah sweet certainly did absolutely and uh, the thought grew on me and I started really really liking it and I really wanted to make it happen I was really really looking forward to it and I mean I am super happy I think already like I learned so much from owning dogs it's um I don't know. It's an awesome experience and it really made me, how do you say that, like widen your horizon? I don't know. Broaden. Broaden, broaden, broaden my horizon. Broaden. Excuse my English. Um, And um, I also realized like immediately, like the first day uh, we got Lola, that I have no idea how to raise a dog. And I was like, okay, I need a book. I need many books and I need to read all the stuff. And I felt kind of left alone because the dog books we find, the good ones, they don't really match the situation we are in. And then we are also in Mexico and I really don't like the way... um, Mexican dog owners treat their Some dogs. Some of them. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's like what what I see here, what I experience in everyday life. Just dogs have a very different function here. They actually do true. have a function yes. most of the time, and that is usually guarding the house, guarding the property. So, a lot of the times, they're just kept on the property. They're not allowed to go out. They are sometimes trained to be aggressive towards strangers and other dogs. Usually poorly fed uh, in usually not the best uh, medical condition, uh, not very healthy, really thin, very often kept on a very, very short leash, not really trained at all. Like not not how how I would know it from from that home so we are traveling around and it doesn't happen so often that you meet a dog that is like really well trained and i would go up to the owner and go like hey 
you living in a van with your dog and he's really well trained how did you do it yeah kind of thing the thing is as well i mean we've we've obviously met people on the road that have their dogs with them but in all of the cases they had their dogs before they started van life and that obviously makes it a lot easier because your dogs are already attached to you they already listen to you they they learned a lot of things before you went out on the road with them and you didn't have to you had to teach them life on the road but you didn't have to teach them life and we have to teach these little puppies life and it's an ever-changing life so it's really hard for them to to get into any routines and to get used to anything because they're just as Fabi mentioned earlier so many distractions all day but this is by the way if you hear a dog barking here that's not our dog I can proudly say <laughs> just another street dog just another street dog but um so well so far we just said like it's, it's it's a lot of work is it only a lot of work to you or do you also feel like there is like um, an upside an upside <laughs> not really today is a bad day to ask me i was quite annoyed with the dogs all day so no i mean all joking aside it's it's beautiful to have these two puppies around you they're so lively they're so full of joy they love to play and just jump around and they sort of show you a whole new side um to like just being outside and spending time with them i mean it's definitely definitely very rewarding and we wouldn't have it any other way but we would have also imagined it to be not as hard as it is and i think at the moment what we really want to do is put a lot of effort into training them right now so that on the long run we have these dogs that we can let roam free that we just know that they're behaving that they are not doing anything wrong that they are polite to other dogs that they're not chasing down kids or i don't know other moving objects i mean <laughs> we've had incidences where like a kid was running away and lola especially because she loves things that run away because obviously that is some like something or someone that wants to play with her and these little kids get scared and that's obviously not possible or pablo has chased chicken in the past and all of a sudden like we got caught him with an, with an actual live chicken in his mouth I and mean, he didn't kill it it was fine but only because we found him probably and like these are the situations i just didn't think about before well or like two days ago when they dug up the hole with uh, the baby turtles oh yeah in it. that was tough so on the on the beach we're at like all the coast we're at there's um turtle eggs in the in the sand and uh, they're hatching and then they wander into the ocean so they they find them all the time yeah i mean that's, that's genuinely a huge problem like even a lot of the adult dogs around here just dig up the turtle nests and that's so sad because i don't actually know if they're an endangered species but they're definitely kind of they are protected species yeah so we obviously don't want our dogs to do anything like that ever again but i think one um one reason why it's uh 
It's a bit more difficult in general. <laughs> the dogs are barking outside. Everybody, every dog's barking. Um, is that especially Pablo is kind of sick still. And over the last two months, we've been at the vet how many times? I can't even count. Like 10 more, at least, more, probably more. More, rather 20 times. We're going to the vet every couple of days. Yeah. Either because they need their vaccines, they need to get all their vaccines, obviously, but then uh, they are not doing so well because they ate something or the vaccine was just really hard on them or they got bitten by another street dog. Yeah, Pablo needs to get blood tests um, regularly. So it has been a lot of going in and out of the vet. And the problem, that's another huge problem, I think, traveling. Usually when, you're, when you live in a place... You choose to go to one vet, and then that's sort of the vet you trust, and he's the one that decides on all the vaccinations and how a dog should be treated. And when we say we've been to the vet 20 times, that means that we've been to at least 10 different vets, if yes. not like 12 or 15. And obviously, like with everything else, every vet tells you something different. And it's really, really hard, even for the vaccinations, to to get like a common opinion and to really know how the dog should be treated because there is just not such a thing as a common opinion on on like. And then they also apply different rules in different states. When also. we crossed um, the state border from Colima to Michoacan. It was uh, suddenly very different, like vaccinations were given differently and uh, the vet gets confused and all these kinds of things. And well, you could actually say now, maybe we shouldn't have puppies then if we can't really take care for them if that's if that means we have so many problems. No, we should have puppies. It's great to have these puppies. But, like, if I had to give advice to somebody who starts, like, who's like us, traveling, and they're like, yeah, at some point I'm probably gonna come across this dog that I'm just gonna adopt and take in, I think... Either way, you adopt a dog that is a little bit older than ours that, you know, is like maybe one or two years old at least and has gotten through this like puppy stage of eating everything and just being very, very dependent on somebody taking care of you. Or I think if I, if I did adopt a dog again, I think I would really make the effort to find a place go into an apartment for, let's say, I don't know, at least two or maybe even four weeks, make sure to stay in one place, get a vet that really, you know, takes care of everything and tells you how to do it, how to vaccinate the dog. And that way, I think it's a lot, like, have the puppies get used to you first and then you can take them out into into the wild sort of thing 
So I think these would be like the two options that you can do. Or you have a puppy already anyway, um, which makes it a lot of a lot easier. But like being on the road, traveling constantly, having dogs, not having a vet that you can trust is probably not the ideal situation. No. But then I'm I'm always happy that like no matter what that we took in Pablo because I'm pretty pretty sure by now he wouldn't have made it. Um Well yeah. I mean I'm not sure if he wouldn't have made it, but he would he would have definitely been quite a sick dog. I mean he was he was fairly skinny when he we got him and we've the thing is it feels like we've had him for what six months he's not even six months old we've had him for like six weeks now Almost. more or less and it feels like he's been with us forever yeah. doesn't it to me it feels like he's been with us forever and Lola as well sometimes I look at Lola and I think oh she hasn't grown at all like when we got her she was pretty small and obviously if you don't know the parents it's always a hard guess wh how they will actually turn out and she is a lot smaller still than what I thought she would be like. But then if I look at the pictures from when we got her and I can actually see that I could lift her up with one arm and now, <laughs> now she's so big that I can hardly lift her up with two arms. I mean, I can still lift her up, but she has definitely grown and evolved in power as well. Like he was such a skinny little dog and he had really like patchy fur and he was full of ticks and you know it's so nice it's so it feels so good to see them thrive and be healthier although not completely healthy and it's just such a great process to watch them shut up you <laughs> See how they just don't listen to me? But again, that was not our dogs. There's actually this really, really cute street dog. I call her Little Cow. And uh, she's basically been with us for the last few days that we've camped here. And she's like a purple little alpha dog that is just roaming around and barking at everything. Barking at our puppies. Oh, God. See, now you get a glimpse of what our life is like. Just dog barking from morning to evening. Well, like not all the time. But um, as I'm happy that we're making this podcast, like the second episode about um, the dogs, because it is something that affected our lives um, very, very much. It changes your life. I mean, we... Seriously, with people telling us all the time that if you live in a van, you don't have anything to do, that's wrong anyway. That's definitely not the case. Even before we had the dogs, we were never bored and there was always something we had to or wanted to take care of. But now that we have the dogs, there's hardly any free time if you don't plan it. Yeah. So it's definitely life-changing. It's definitely well worth it. And it just feels so great that you gave this one or two or however many dogs you decide to have a new life and a new chance. And I mean, our dogs will travel to so many countries with us and eventually they're probably going to 
go back home to Germany and experience a whole new life there anyway. And, I mean, who would have thought... I don't know if they can think that far, but they couldn't have definitely never thought that one day they're going to be in Germany. <laughs> I, like don't, my I don't mother, think they... My mother always says that she's already looking so forward to meeting the dogs and feeding them her little treats and I don't know what. And it's like, not many dogs... Get so lucky, I would almost say. I mean, you can obviously get more lucky with your owners, but... <laughs> <laughs> we, I think we're doing not so bad. We give them a lot of love and try to care for them in, in every way they need. But um, what I also realize about this episode, kind of... Uh, bit of a bottom line is that this is not really an episode where we can give a lot of advice really we're still f trying to figure it out and we're just trying new things and try to get organized and make everybody happy um, and I think that's totally fine because I really don't like all the podcasters youtubers that give advice on things they don't know much about but maybe you have a dog in your van and you raised him as a puppy and you did a great job and you know some nice resources or have tips for us like we're super grateful for all kinds of advice yeah definitely and if you're thinking about getting a puppy and living in a van do it totally do it it's so rewarding but just make sure that you know what you get what you get yourself into and also i just want to point out i mean this podcast is not about giving advice we're not doing a podcast to say hey this is how you raise a puppy and hey this is how like last episode you travel mexico it's more that We want to open up a discussion about these topics and we just want to get you guys to think about these things and get back to us. Let us know what you think. Tell us about your experiences. And, you know, I mean, that's the beauty of community that you can learn from each other and everybody does things differently and everybody makes different mistakes. So let's just share them. I mean, this podcast is about van life realities, right? So oh, yeah. We want to just say how it is, how we really experience that. It's not all, um, like, fun and um, happy days. I mean, m most of the time it really is. We're at one of the most beautiful beaches right now. It's a really awesome place. We're having, overall, a very good time here. Um... Are you trying to convince yourself? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, you also need a certain degree of discipline to really make it work. Yeah. I like... We're not going to do podcasts about, oh, this is supposed to be so great, but we're going to tell you that it's not... This is not what this is about either. Um, it just gives us a platform to talk about our experiences and sometimes, like last week, it was about a negative connotation that we tried to put in the positive and this week it was about 
something that might get easily romanticized and where we just want to make sure to point out that it's not all just super easy but we see what we come up with next week I would say that's going to be good I guess and it's going to be good do you know what we're going to talk about um next week we're going to talk about Fritz oh our third little love child <laughs> Our Van Fritz and how he's the perfect adventure Van. Or not. Or not. So, I hope you liked this episode. I hope it gave you, a, a, no, you some insights on our life in the van with our little puppies. As mentioned, give us any suggestions or comments or if you have any questions about us or the puppies feel free to shoot them out we'd love to hear from you see you next week hear you next week hear you next week bye